0: Hey everyone, James here. Thanks for checking out this episode. Before we do start things though, just want to say, Christmas is around the corner and I've set a target of hitting 3,000 subscribers before then. So if you could take two seconds to click the subscribe button, tap the bell icon, really would help the channel out. And if we do hit 3,000 subscribers before Christmas, I'm planning on doing a big Christmas giveaway. So thanks and please enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome to That 90's Wrestling Podcast, I'm your host James Sunstone, today, very special guest, Uh, he was one half of the greatest tag team in WCW history, in my opinion, Uh, 10 times tag team champion, and now a WWE Hall of Famer, the one and only, Mr. Stevie Ray, Stevie, how you doing today, sir?
1: Good, I'm very good, very very good, feeling good.
0: How's everything over in uh, Texas, all good? Well, as good as it
1: could be, you know, I'm very busy doing all my stuff, and uh, that's pretty much all I do is just focus on everything I'm doing and let the chips fall where they may.
0: That's true. And uh, we just mentioned off-camera, like, uh, WDRE, like, releasing all these stars. Uh seems to be quite a common thing these days. Like, uh, someone put a list up uh, last night, and they said since, like, beginning of last year, I think WDRE's Dewey released, like, over 100 people up to now. Uh, man, you know, I don't know what the number is, but, you know, since if,
1: for the last, what? couple of years now, they've been having little, you, I mean, it's like every so many months, a big group of people are not there anymore, you know? Mm. And everybody, everybody over here, cause you know, when I'm doing my podcast over here, I, you know, I, sometimes I, before I have a guest on, I have, I talk to the fans for a minute just to see what's on their minds and what's, what's going on through the world of professional wrestling. And everybody is like, uh well, they should go to AEW, and I'm trying to explain to them. Brother, you honestly believe everybody that leaves WWE can go to a- AEW? just got to open, you know, door for everybody that leaves uh, WWE? Man, I'm just talking. Oh, you only got so many spots, man. Yeah. You know, by the mere fact that I think that this is what I've been telling people for the last couple of years, though. Well, actually, the last few years. You got to realize WWE is a television show now. It's not mm-hmm. so much as wrestling, so they don't need hundred guys anymore. Now, if you see what I'm saying over here, they're on the uh, on uh, Fox every Friday night. SmackDown is on Fox every Friday night, and when they show the commercials, it's basically the same guys they show in the commercial. Just like uh, mm-hmm. if you was watching us, if you was watching a soap opera. I mean, back in the day, professional wrestling used to be compared to a soap opera. Now, it's actually WWE has actually turned into a real soap yeah. opera, yeah. you know. So that's why they don't, you know, it's just like a soap opera, you got certain characters that's on the show all the time.
2: It's true. So,
1: what do you that's the same thing you have with uh WWE now? They don't even have to really promote the talent anymore, they just promote the brand.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh. Stephanie McMahon mentioned that because obviously, you know, during your era and like Attitude Era and such, they built up like your Stone Codes, your Rocks, and a few years down the line, your John Cena's and your Batistas, for example. But I think Stephanie McMahon said in an interview uh, two or three years ago that they, like you just said, they believe now WWE is the brand and they can have whoever because people's good tuning anyway. Because exactly,
1: exactly, it was like you know, back when back in my era. You know, if we didn't show up for a show, people if Harlem Heat didn't show up for a live show, people are pissed off. Mm. They really, you know what I'm saying? They're pissed off. Nowadays, they don't care as long as the show is there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, uh, you know what I'm saying? it's Hey, whoever comes, that's the part of the show. So it ain't like nobody's pulling the wagon. The wagon pulls itself now. You just yeah. got to get on. the. Just make sure you own the wagon now. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense.
0: It does. And uh, one of the releases that shot me yesterday, and someone from your neck of the woods, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Keith Lee, and uh, super talented guy. I know apparently he has had some health issues. Uh, I know Who's he did catch up uh Keith Lee. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I saw his name on the list too.
1: I thought he yeah. was getting a push. thought he was getting a push
0: for a minute. Well, they just gave him a new gimmick, a uh, bearcat. Uh, it was nicknamed from a uh, African American wrestler from back in the day. Uh, yeah, bearcat, uh, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. gave them, gave them a bit of a new look, uh, new attire, and that. And he was getting a little bit of a push, like squash matches, and but uh, released him. But uh, like I mentioned off camera, apparently it's something to do with people not having these vaccines and. Keith Lee, like if someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's had some health issues regarding these heart, And obviously when it's something like that, you're scared to take these type of uh, vaccinations. So that's understandable. But I think that must be the only reason why they've released them because I think over there now, uh, the president's brought out this mandate for like the larger corporations and companies have to yeah. have the vaccine it's- to generate both. yeah,
1: You know, another trick, you know, I talked about this on my own podcast, as you can see my stuff behind me, straight shooting with Stevie Ray. Uh, I've talked about this at nauseum way mm. before it ever came down. I told everybody what was going to happen. And I told everybody how it was going to happen. I told everybody what was going to happen to Donald Trump. And I told mm. everybody why it was going to happen. Everything happens in segments everything happens in segments like i chronicled on my show and my show that i do with vince russo me and vince russo do a show together called black and white we do a podcast yeah. together called black and white and i've talked on that show more at nauseum as to how this whole thing was going to play out and even vince had to tell me you called it i said hey, brother because i study history yeah i study history all this has been done before it's just been done in a different way i say it was it was no accident that a person like donald trump became president Mm -hmm. not an accident if you talk about great britain france russia united states uh the top five industrial countries china well china is a communist country though but you talk about the top five Industrial countries in the world that really run everything. And you asked yourself, which one of those countries could actually have someone for the, from the private sector become president of the United States of America? Would anybody say the United States of America of any of those countries? Mm. <laughs> no. No. Nope. And of all people, of all people on earth, of all the big wigs we got here in the United States of America now. Donald Trump is that guy. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you give credence to that and say that's natural, then you're the dumbest of the dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are the dumbest of the dumb. You cannot have... So when this corona thing started... What I'm getting at and, and what I'm making reference to, I'm going to this corona thing. How you was talking about how Biden is putting mandates. I told everybody When this thing first happened, this is no lie. You can go and watch some of the tapes that me and Vince has done together. I say, it's not going to work unless everybody takes the shot. Mm -hmm. I say, but you got to put it in context. What kind of president, the leader of the world, supposedly, but either the puppet that's in front of you would come out and say, Corona ain't no big deal. (laughs) Just like the flu, dog. It'll go right in a minute. I mean, really? Can you imagine Margaret
2: Thatcher? Okay? Can you imagine Margaret Thatcher? Nope. British
1: Empire. Yeah, I said it. Empire. Tried to take over the whole damn world. I ain't mad at him. I just know my history. Coming out and saying, well, people of Great Britain, the coronavirus does not scare me. It'll be gone just like the flu. Can you
2: imagine?
1: (laughs) I know that's a bad invitation of Marjorie, but that's how I remember. Can you imagine (laughs) what the people in every British colony Commonwealth? Under the British coming. I'm talking anarchy, bro. Yes. Think about that. But by the mere fact that this guy ain't a politician. So they just look at him and go, eh, stupid anyway. See what I'm saying? I agree. "Eh, Stupid ass. Stupid ass Donald Trump. What the hell? You know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So this doesn't work unless you got a guy in office that's not a politician. A real politician has to be an authority. A real politician has to put his best foot forward, even if he's telling the biggest lie in the world. Yeah. Does anybody see what I'm talking about here? So now Biden gets in office and everybody thinks everything is all hunky-dory. Brother, he ain't no different. He's just another old dude doing what the the hell he's supposed to do. So, they can't mandate things by from the government because of our constitutional rights. But you can put it on the states and then you can put it on the employees. Then you can put it on counties. You see what I'm saying? Cities. Can't go into Madison Square Garden unless you got it. You see what I'm saying? It's going to affect you one way or the other. Now that's what we see, and here it is. Uh almost a year later, a little over a year later. Now I got people hitting me every day saying, Brother, you called it because I know my history, bro. Yeah.
0: The United Florida. States,
1: United States, Great Britain. I mean, I ain't trying to talk about your country, but they've been like tag team for a long wow. time, bro. It's
0: been a while now, ain't it?
1: <laughs> uh, that's the real Harlem Heat right there, dog.
0: It is. <laughs> <laughs> and we call, we, call, we,
1: we call in the middle, brother. Ain't nothing we can do.
0: Yeah. Everyone remembers the uh, Tony Blair and George Bush uh, tag team. <laughs> hand in hand, they was... <laughs> Come on, man. Two crooks. Two crooked crooks. Oh Yeah, yeah we're going to go... Yeah.
1: Iraq has weapons of mass destruction. I love how Tony Blair talked, though. I love it. I love how he talks, man. The dude talks like a real statesman. But, yeah. you know, you you could tell, man, dude, you know, a lot of British guys that I know over here used to give me the 411 on Tony Blair. And I was like, wow, you know what I'm saying? British guys that I know that live here or work here, you know, so, a lot of people in Great Britain moved here or work here and stuff like that. And I used to, they used to give me 411 on Tony Blair. I was like, damn, I didn't know they felt that way about the guy, you know what I'm saying? Oh, was the one guy I was out at a dinner one night with these guys? Great, These other British guys were there. What did they tell me? oh man i can't remember the word they use about tony blair and i was like you know that's when i really started paying attention to him and i was like wow
2: oh well, we okay. can think of a few
1: <laughs> huh
2: i've got a few
1: <laughs> oh man i was like you know well you know i didn't i didn't know like you know what i'm saying i'm from over here you're from over you know i could give you more insight on american yeah. politicians than you can give me on british politicians but i was like wow man, man. there's an older guy too man this some years back man and that's an older guy and he was like oh that tony black man he talked about him like a dog i'm like wow <laughs> oh but anyway man that's just my two cents on everything and now we see it spilling down to professional wrestling
2: yeah yeah
1: i went to an AEW show here about a month ago and uh i was going i want to want to go up there and see some of the guys in the back you know that work there that i used to work with and so on and so forth. Plus, I want to talk to somebody about an idea that I was trying to implement also. Um, and so I talked with uh, Brian, Brian Cage, is a good friend of mine. And All Brian, right. Brian uh, I don't know who he talked to, but he called me back and said, hey, man, uh, they said you can come come down as long as you take the uh, coronavirus uh, deal and you know, if you pass that, you good, you can come in the back. And I said, cool. So they have to the guys that are not vaccinated has to do a coronavirus test at every show right and they do the one with the blood what is that called a crt or something like that or whatever uh, I i don't know exactly but i have to go in and it'll tell you if you got it and they'll also tell you if you've ever had it right yeah so, but well, you know, for... o Ray, oh, Ray, oh, Ray Dog, I'm not out there in the wind, baby. So yes. I ain't, I ain't have it, and I ain't never had it. So o Ray Dog was like, I'm like Kurt Russell on the movie The Thing. Let me, let me show you what I already know.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you, ever you ever seen that
1: movie? You don't see that
0: movie? Oh, love that movie.
1: Remember when he was taking everybody blood?
0: Yeah, no, so it just jumps out.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm like Kurt Russell. Let me show you what I already know. Oh man!
0: Cool. Well, Stevie, after we talk wrestling, me and you we down a political podcast one day. <laughs> cool. So, look, so I suppose we will jump into it. Talk about heat. So Harlem Heat, and uh, before Harlem Heat became a thing, uh, it was the Ebony Experience. So, yeah, was a. Uh, was you a fan of wrestling growing up, and was it something you always wanted to pursue, or did it just come out of nowhere? Well,
1: wrestling was just kind of like uh, something that we kind of loved up on, man. You know what I'm saying? I never wanted to be a, never thought about being you know, a professional wrestler in my lifetime. You know, I just, I just got a chance to go to a school, a wrestling school, and just, I just wanted to try it, man. I mm. never thought it was, I never thought it was going to end up where it ended up. You know, mm. all these years later, but. That was just me and being inquisitive, and then I told my brother, you know, hey, man, I'm going to try this deal, and he was like, okay, I'll try it, too. So, that's basically how, that's basically how the whole thing started. That's how the whole thing went down.
0: I suppose just, one of the big advantages, I suppose one of the big advantages, you and Booker, are both big guys, so obviously back in, back in them days the late 80s, that was a big plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything
1: started changing years later, but you know, we went through the era of the big guys. You know what I'm saying? The era of uh, that was normal. Guys mm-hmm. my size, just that was a normal guy. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, that was true. Things have changed over the years now, man. Things have changed. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I've, I've spoke to, uh, who I spoke to recently, uh, your former colleague, uh, Chuck Colombo. Okay. And, uh, a dude, uh but he was a big guy, six foot five, and like same thing. Acknowledged he went today's wrestling different cattle of fish. Like it's more about the in ring work. Because I said to him, like, well, Chuck, I said if you was debuting today, you'd be booked as a monster, you'd be world champion right. straight away.
1: Man, well, truth tell you the truth, it all depends on how they push the big guy. Now mm. they don't really push the big guy. Now he's an anomaly. Yeah. You know, where he he used to be, like I say, they don't really need the big guy to pull the wagon anymore. No. The wagon is just like, people accept, I mean, some of these guys that we see today, God bless their soul, man, some of these guys are so talented, but they wouldn't have never got looked at in my era. I agree. As talented as they are, because you know you give the people what they want. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. In anything, when you're trying to sell a product, people want to see massive, big guys. You know what I'm saying. And that's yeah. what that's what made money. But that doesn't necessarily make money anymore.
0: No, it's uh, definitely made- all changed. The
1: show makes the money now, and yeah. as long as the personalities are there. The personalities, it's like I said, it's just like a real television show. Mm-hmm. You know, you like the $6 million man or any anything. Oh, you know, the young and the restless. I don't know what uh, Benny Hill, Benny Hinn, Billy, Benny Hill, one of my yeah. favorites. You know, God rest his soul. Funny dude, man. I grew up on him, you know. Uh, God, I just thought about that. that was a funny show. But I'm just saying... It wouldn't, fly, it
0: wouldn't fly today in today's culture
1: <laughs> oh no benny was way before his time man i mean goodness bro well yeah. benny, benny hill used to come on over here like 10 o'clock at night late right. and boy, we couldn't wait to watch some benny hill boy that was some fun some of the stuff that he did and then when i was a kid it was this movie called chitty chitty bang bang yes you remember that movie yeah it was an english movie but it had dick van dyke in it that's right it was american you know and benny Hinn, i mean benny hill was in that movie that's and right, i never yeah. knew it and i never knew it till i seen it years later and i was yep. like oh man that gonna be <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favorite movies of the kid chitty chitty bang bang man oh my god i can't believe we're talking about this shit man huh? Oh, this is
0: a, <laughs> what the people are in for. Like, You can only talk about so much wrestling. People want to know the real stuff. Did you ever catch the Italian job as well? Because he was in that. Oh,
1: I saw that, but I don't remember him in that.
0: Oh, yeah, he's always chasing after the big girls in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might remember that.
0: Oh, Italian yeah. job, that,
1: um, uh, hold on, don't tell me. Who was in that, uh, don't tell me. Uh, it was either Matt Damon or it was one of
0: the young uh, American. Um, uh, y'all thinking of the remake, ain't ya? I'm thinking about the remake, baby. Probably. Yeah, Marky Mark was in the remake.
1: Mark Wahlberg. I get them mixed up sometimes. You know.
0: That's right. Like, you
1: know, wife, all white folks kind of look the same to me. You know, so you gotta <laughs> you gotta excuse me, especially them two. You know. I met Matt Damon. I don't know if you ever heard the story. I told the story on my old podcast that I that I met B- Matt Damon a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, you, you, yeah. Yeah, I, I did it on my old podcast. It's all over YouTube, man. People that thing got probably a, six, seven hundred thousand hits. Oh nice YouTube of me talking about the night that uh the day that what was the night that I met uh Matt Damon. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was a kid then. He was a kid just coming up, man. And uh, met him in Knoxville, Tennessee. I don't know if you ever heard of Knoxville. I don't know how familiar you are with the states. But yeah. Tennessee, is, Tennessee is one of the states. And it's a big college there called Tennessee University. That's and, right. And, uh, you know, it's a big college town. It's a big college town. And we met him at the bar. We met him at the bar. And I told that story. I mean, I was looking at the comments on youtube just a few years ago i must have told this story about four five about five years ago and we put it on youtube on an old podcast that i used to do called stand up for greatness Mm. and i would tell come on and tell stories and stuff about different things that went down in the wrestling business but i would make them funny they might have been serious at the time but i would i would tell stories and really make them funny with my co-hosts and uh man we got a lot of we got a lot of good we got got a lot of good model then i look up at that time. I didn't know anything about podcast at the time. I was doing radio. Mm. Uh, I, I was doing a radio show. And then I started doing a podcast that, you know, actually taping them both on the same day. And uh, then one day, a guy called me up and said, man, do you know your podcast is one number 195 on, on uh, whether it? AirTunes or?
0: I, uh, iTunes.
1: Yeah, iTunes. On iTunes. And I'm like, is that good? I was like, "Is that good? Damn, one ninety five. I'm way down the list, man." And the dude's like, "No, man. I didn't know that. You know, millions of people did podcasts. I didn't know that at the time." The uh, stand, yeah. up for, stand up for greatness. The last, I don't know how high it went, but it got in the top two hundred. Nice. I'm pretty. I was pretty proud of that, man. And I didn't do number tell stories, similar mm. to how I was doing the uh, Donald Trump and the coronavirus thing, similar to yeah. that. And I would just take stuff and, you know, like making fun of Margaret Thatcher, you know, you know, stuff like that. And that's what I did, man. And uh, that's what I do with Vince also, Vince Russo. And of all the shows that Vince is doing, the black and white show with him and myself, it's the number one show that
0: he does. Yeah.
2: I like Vince.
0: Vince. I like Vince. I had him on my show earlier this year. Great guy. I had a, such a fun time talking to Vince. Uh, misunderstood, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. Misunderstood. Like, always been nice to me, and I haven't got a bad word to say about the guy.
1: You know, Vince was just saying, way. you know, Vince is in a business where you got some of the most complex people known mm. to me. Prof- I've been around a lot of things, and I've never been around anything or people that are as complex as pro wrestling.
2: Mm.
1: So you cannot be on the same wavelength as people like Vince. Vince, the way he looked at wrestling and the way other people looked at wrestling, totally different, man. Totally different. And he's not coming from a worker's perspective. No. He's coming from a writer's perspective, and getting paid to get ratings. Yes. It's just like a. It's just like somebody that works on a sitcom. My job is to make these people laugh and get ratings. That's how I get paid. Huh. Now, the p- other people on the set, even the actress that's on the show, might not see things the way. You know what I'm saying. The guy that's. Putting this product out there on a weekly basis, you know what I'm saying. That's oh, yeah. where you know it's the entertainment business, and everybody see art in a different way. Mm. And that's why I think Vince. That's why I compare it to a television show because it's still the entertainment business. The way you see entertainment might not be the way people from another era see it. Might not, especially when they're wrestling purist. Yes. And they don't know nothing about change, yeah. No. If you t- if you know what I'm saying, a lot of times people don't want to change. Mm. A lot of times, you know, back in those days, a lot of people didn't really want to go to the extreme uh, entertainment ratings because things were starting to change. And when things are changing, we see it to this day. When things are changing, some people don't want to change, man.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. So that, I, now
1: you got now you got conflict.
0: Yeah. It's uh it's a fine line. Uh, like you mentioned, there's a lot of fans these days and they are wrestling pur- uh, purists and if that's what they enjoy from fair enough. But growing up, grew up watching Nitro and I'm born in eighty nine, so you know, the nineties was my era, like you know, before I hit the teenage basically and attitude era. Completely loved it. Nitro's watching both shows every week. Over here in the UK, we could tape things and stuff, so I didn't have to pick and choose what show. I had the liberty of having both, and great thing and great fun. And uh, speaking of the fun, one of the earliest things uh, you was in in WCW were uh, the Shockmaster. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how many times.
1: Matter of co- fact, matter of fact, I'm am I'm, I'm gonna, I got ready to do a show with him, but something was wrong. I don't know if it was mine. I used Streamyard, something was wrong with my uh, stream yard set up and we couldn't get him to come on. I had promoted yeah. a show with him. We was going to do a show. This had to be about a month ago. Right. We was going to do a show that has never been done before. A whole show on the incident of the Shockmaster. Yeah. And we were going to do it and talk about it like nobody has ever talked about it before because you've never had a show were two people that was involved in mm. that whole deal actually sit and talk about it and take questions from the fans. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things I don't know that went down on his end. You dig, you, you understand what I'm saying? There's a lot of yeah. things I don't know because I'm not on that side. I'm talent. So how it was put together, who came up with the concept, Who who, who came up with the idea, who came up with the the brilliant and I mean brilliant idea. I mean this is above George Lucas <laughs> <laughs> to put a stormtrooper helmet with glitter <laughs> with the glitz <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh my goodness! And put the glitter. I don't know what kind of glue they use. <laughs> I don't know what kind of glue they used on it. And then that would no would impair vision. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Not not holes. <laughs> not some holes where you see. Impaired Vision, to do walk out there like Ray Charles, okay. It was just like pushing Ray Charles through a window, okay. <laughs> even Ray Charles would have, even Ray Charles would said, hey, "Wait, wait a minute, dog." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> and throw him through a wall, you know. He <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, that conversation. Hmm. It has to happen. It's gotta happen. I was there. My brother was there. Sid was there. Uh, uh who was that? Rick Flair was there, Sting was there. Uh, Bull, B- Bulldog was there. And, you know, <laughs> and I'm telling you, tell you what kind of rehearsal, bro. I can't give everything away on your show, man. I can't oh. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't give it all away on the show, man. But that show is gonna happen between me and uh, Fred. Ah,
0: oh, uh, Was it huh? uh, like I, I won't let you like, tower everything? So I'm looking forward to your show. But was it Booker? Was it Davy Boy who said that he fell on his fucking ass? It was Davy Boy, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, I think I, you I, can I, you know, it like... It was so much stuff going on
1: back then. Until I saw it again, yeah, and listened to the verbiage. Some of the stuff because somebody asked me who was that one of you or your brother said, Who the fuck is that? That's I said, right. I, was, I said, I think it was me. Because I'm gonna be honest with you. We we didn't we didn't rehearse it. No. So I knew okay, let's, let me let me let me back up. I knew we were doing a Shockmaster thing that night because we went through like a little mini walkthrough earlier. But you got to realize I have never met Fred in my life. No? You no, know, I had never met him.
2: I suppose yeah, Yeah.
1: Right. This is my first day meeting him. Hmm. So they had went through his stuff before we went through our stuff. They already went through his walkthrough. So we got there and they were showing us where we needed to stand, you know, and went through our walkthrough. It was just kind of a little casual thing, okay? Mm. It, you know, I I've done a couple of small, you know, budget movies and stuff like that. And okay, it was nothing like that. I've done a few commercials and I've done the thing on Comedy Central. So I've been around a little something, something, you know what I'm saying? So this was just getting to WCW, so I'm figuring, oh, well, this is how it is in the big time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're just kind of like half ass go through stuff, and everybody knows what's going on. You know, okay, I'm good with that. What do I know? I just got here, you know? Yeah. So with all that being said, we get ready for the show that night, this but what, I I hadn't seen Fred, whatever he was. He was in another part of the building. And by us just getting there, we didn't really know anybody at that time. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like we were really hanging out and then made a name for ourselves. We just getting there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, within the first month of being employed. So anyway, when the whole situation, before that, when we went through the walkthrough, Sid was like, okay, they didn't do no deal. Well, he run through the wall and then they make sure this, that, and the other is right. They didn't do that. They just, hey, just run through the wall. Oh, okay, that'd be cool. Okay. Then Sid, we went in there and looked at the, the, the gimmick wall that had been gimmicked up, and Sid looks down, and he sees the kick panel, And uh-huh. Sid goes, he said, man, if he if he doesn't step over that, he's gonna fall, man. He was telling me and my brother that, he said, he's gonna fall over this. He said, look at this. Well, you know, I'm just getting here. I'm in the big time. Thank you. Yeah.
2: They,
1: they can't be wrong, bro. What are you talking about, Sid? Just stick to what you're supposed to do, you know? Go out and talk some shit, you know, like a pro wrestler. That's all you got to do tonight. Why are you worried about this? Let the professionals do that. That's what's going on in my head, you know what I'm saying? Man, yeah. They can't be wrong. This, this is big-time pro wrestling. This ain't global <laughs> like where we just came from. Yeah. So going back when I said I had never met Fred, when he fell through the wall, I didn't know anything about – the Darth Vader helmet, okay. Right. I didn't know anything about the Awesome Kongs gimmick that he had on his back. That was my boys, the Awesome Kongs. That was day stuff. I didn't know anything about that. So when that guy bust through the wall, I was like, "Who the fuck? Who the fuck is this? <laughs> I was looking for a Shark Master, not not this yeah. guy, because I had <laughs> seen it. So I was perplexed. Right, and I was like, "Who the fuck?" And then when the helmet came off, I was like, "That's Fred. That's Fred. <laughs> oh, that's the Shockmaster, dog. This is no. This is a true story." And I was like, "Oh wow, that's so. So now I gotta kind of stay in character, like, um, mm, you know." But I was really like, mm.
0: "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> How could you take it serious after that? Oh
1: god, man! I was. I had to hold it in, dog. I had to hold it in. Because my stomach was about to bust, man. Oh, man. I was, oh, it's about to bust right now. Just thinking about it, man. I was like, lead. Yeah. what a faux pas, man. And then, brother, we started hearing all the negative stuff after that. Because that's all we had to do on the show that night was that little gimmick. I'll never forget it, man. Now that thing went down in history, bro. Can you believe that?
0: Yeah. It's it's weird as well because uh, like on my show we review like '90s pay-per-views and we're working our way through WWE and like he's just finished his WWE run and we've just seen him as Mr. Tugboat and Typhoon and capable good wrestler you know big guy you know great gimmick and like you know great run tag team champion but the thing is now everyone's going to remember him as a shockmaster and it's it's a shame because he's such a talented guy but it it's like it's infamous. No one will ever forget this moment.
1: (laughs) So, you know, I've had so many people ask me about it through the years. And, man, poor Fred, man. I used to always go, man, oh, God. I didn't think it was going to be that, that you know, infamous. Mm. But, man, once YouTube got a hold to it, bro. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, bro. it went to a whole nother level you know i had actually forgotten about it in the wrestling business then it hit youtube i guess in the early 2000s i guess you know and oh my god i, I you know every time I went somebody was asking me about the shockmaster thing and i'm telling you in my in the real world i had you know what i'm saying it was i never really thought about it you know once it was over you know it was over yeah but man once it resurfaced so i decided to do a show i called fred up and you know, I said, hey, man, you know, I made a flyer and everything, but his his thing when, when I sent him the link, the link wouldn't download. So right. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I had my boy go into my system and stuff, and I think he found it. And uh, because I even had my boy send me a link, and I couldn't get it to download either. So it was something going on. So he went and he said, Stream StreamYard sent out a memo saying that they was having some problems or something like that. But it's fixed now, because I've had several people on the show since then, and, haven't had one problem, so uh oh, yeah. it's okay now. So hope, hopefully it's okay now, man. So, But we're going to do that show, and it's going to be some Q&A, and I'm going to have uh, to tell him, Fred, baby, I didn't know. You know, I want to know who came up with this. And what I'm going yeah. to try to do is put the heat on everybody that was involved in that horrific gimmick that Fred had to take the grunt for because it yeah. wasn't his fault, as far as I'm you concerned. Know.
0: You know that Ollie Anderson done the voice work as well, didn't? Don't you? He done the voiceover work, and it was like, I, it, like this is it on TV? Like you know, he's fell through, he's on the floor, he's positioned the helmet. Also, you can hear Oli saying, Sting! Sting! and I'm like, you can't take this shit, <laughs> I do
1: like And he's like, shit. So you're the one who rules the world. <laughs> I'm a shock master. Come.
2: <laughs> this is killing me, man. I was like, yeah.
1: just like I was on a Benny Hill rerun or something, man. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, my goodness, man. I was Okay, me and my brother, I remember, I remember me and my brother going back to the hotel that night. And we looked at each other like, is this, this the big time? We made it. <laughs> we made it, brother. I mean, we made it. Holy shit.
0: <laughs> well, well, another crazy another crazy thing <laughs> that happened after this, not long after. Uh funny enough you mentioned Sid. Uh correct me if I'm wrong, it was on the UK tour and he tried to stab Aaron Anderson with some scissors. Um like You, you know, know, I've heard honestly. I've
1: heard of, I've heard about that. Yeah. I've heard it from both sides. Mm. And Pe- different people in the middle. You're talking about the fight he had with Ar- Arn Anderson? That's right, yeah. Yeah. And both of those guys are two of the most, two people that I really admire in this business. Sid and Arn, And brother. I, when I first heard that story, it was kind of traumatizing to me because I got so much admiration for both guys yeah but then after after a few years man like, that's the dumbest damn fight i ever heard of. i mean i've i've been fighting all my life man that's the dumbest damn fight i ever heard of in my life dog i'm i'm, I'm serious i get to think about it, like what kind of juvenile delinquent ass fight was this man you know what i'm saying this is somebody get some sil. i'm like bro where i come from if you got a knife i'm gonna get a gun yeah, where I come from, that's just unwritten rules of the hood. But if you ain't got nothing and I ain't got nothing, we men, brother, we go. One dude got a squeegee or something, one dude got, uh, you know, some. I'm like,
2: that oh,
0: was against bro. Pillman, wasn't it? Was that with Pillman? Yeah, Sid, he went and got like a yeah. squeegee. Against <laughs>
1: This is something I never heard of fights like this where I come from, man. I ain't never heard of no fucking fights like this, man. What kind of fighting y'all do growing up, bro? I mean, I, damn, squeegees, scissors. Oh, my goodness, man. It's crazy, man. But yeah, that was, that, I've heard the story. I wish I could have been yeah. there to see it, though. I, that's what I wish.
0: Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, straight away, you were getting great tag team success and that, and uh, some great feuds, and uh, tag team, and uh, two main guys, and uh, uh, Rick's uh, son, Bron Breaker, doing some great stuff in XT, uh, Steiner brothers, uh, I mean, Hugh and Booker's two big guys, and they're two big guys, I mean, them tag team matches were wars, not the matches, they were wars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we had a lot of fun with those guys, man. Had a lot of fun with them, you know, went all over the world wrestling those guys, man, all over the world. Even, yeah. Great Brit, even Great Britain. So, oh, man. Yeah, man, the, the tag team thing was back then was really a very big, intricate part of professional wrestling. Mm. Not, not so much anymore. Because you had so many tag teams, you know. And, you know, only one could reign supreme, you know. And that was such a big deal back in those days, man. People really got into tag team wrestling where, you know what I'm saying? where everybody became tag team specialists, you yeah. know, and that was a fun time, man. It really was. It was a fun time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: very fun having, having battles with those guys, having battles with, uh, oh man, so many people, man. And we had good times with all of them. We had good chemistry with, you know, cause back in those, back in those days, you worked on the road so much. Then yeah, de- developed a good chemistry with people, you know, and so you could take some of those things that you studied from each other and practice with each other on the road, and take them to the pay per views and the and the live shows and stuff like that. And that's what was cool. That's what was cool back in those days, man.
0: How was the uh, nasty boys behind the scenes? Huh? How was the nasty boys behind the scenes?
1: Just like they all in front of the camera, same it. thing. Nothing different, nothing. One hundred percent,
0: same guys. <laughs> <laughs> if and, not uh, worse, if not worse. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, and a uh, an important member for the team, uh, the late great, sensational Sherry, or Sister Sherry, as she was in WCW. Uh, how great was she to work with? Oh Shawn man, Minkley? some
1: of the, some of the. We had so many good times together, man. We had so many good times together, riding up and down the road, and just some of the matches. That Sherry would do things just to try to get away with stuff. We, oh my God, man, I could talk about some of the stuff that Sherry did for two hours. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, that she wouldn't even call, man. She wouldn't even call stuff and just do it for the hell of it. Just to yeah. piss somebody, just to piss somebody off. I remember one night, I can't remember what we were working. We were working Jim Duggan and somebody. I can't remember who his partner was. But we, you know, we would always mess with Jim Duggan, man. You know, ever since the first day we met him. Because we were just such big fans of his, you know. So we'd always mess with him, man. And he stayed in... Uh, at that time, he stayed in... Uh, right outside of Orlando by Cape Canaveral. where the spaceships and stuff go at? In right. a town called Titusville. Yes. Okay? And... We used to always go, hey Jim, man, you when you gonna invite us over, man? You know, when you gonna invite us over to your house, man, you, you know. He's like, Man, whatever y'all come in town, man, when y'all come back. We used to go down to Disney every three months. So we mm-hmm. was down there four times a year. He's like, Hey man, you guys come back, man. My wife cooked, man, we'll have a good time, blah, blah, blah. So every time, you know, like a couple of times we fly into Orlando, we get out of off the plane, we go pick up rental car. Up and we turn the radio on, you know, and we hear something on the news. Uh, today, in Titusville, Florida, hmm. the first national bank was robbed. Me and my brother were looking at each other like, okay, well, whatever. We come back three months later, you know, get off the plane, get that of the car, turn the, turn the radio on. Uh, uh, double homicide was happening Titusville, Florida today, you know what I'm saying? So say.
2: we go, we
1: we go, we go to uh, we go to Disney. We see Jim Duggan one day. He said, we said, hey Jim, remember you invited us to your house? Go, yeah. I said, that's okay, dog. We don't want to come to your
2: house.
1: <laughs> I said, no, we don't want to go to Titusville, man. And uh, he was like, why? I said, because every time we come down here, we cut the radio off.
2: Yeah.
1: And something horrific did happen. He said, man, you know, he said, that nothing happens in that town till you and your brother come to town. (laughs) (laughs) Did somebody do something? So that's the kind of rapport we had with each other. We were just joking about not coming to his house, but it was just something. I'm like, I know Jeff Duggan didn't move to the slums. You know what I'm saying? All the money he'd have made over the years. I mean, what what kind of town he living in, bro? So we working with him and... Damn, I can't remember who his tag team partner was, man. I'm
2: trying to We we,
1: we, It was a house show, so sometimes in house shows, like, somebody somebody can't make it or something like that, or somebody might get caught... Airplane or something might have got, you know, crossed up somewhere... So when you get to the show, they just finagle people. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like we was having a program with them. You know what I'm saying? It was just him and some guy that we had to work because somebody else wasn't there that day. Yeah. Who I can't remember. It's only on a good match and stuff like that. It might have been the Patriot. I can't remember Dale.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe Bagwell because yeah. he was doing that American gimmick as yeah, well. But
1: we worked Bagwell and Wilkes a zillion times. But uh, yeah it might have been him because maybe something happened to marcus i can't remember but it wasn't mm-hmm. a program it was just one of those things where we had to work a couple of nights because of, then again somebody could have scheduled something wrong but i can't remember but anyway the show must goes on man so we're working them we get the heat on dug in people going crazy you know so we let him almost come back and then we stop him let him almost come stop him and then we stick his head out of the bottom rope, you know what I'm saying? And Sherry, every you know every, every night she'd come up with the right hand and boom, knock us then on, and the fans go crazy. She's getting heat and stuff like that. But this night, Dogan, you know he got his whole head, you know, open up for. Her. <laughs> 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 he's selling. He's he flopping and selling all over the place, right? And then he's down there. We do the same he spot every night. You know what I'm saying? This time Sherry didn't hit him. She slapped him so hard, he wasn't ready for it
2: either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, man, he slapped him so hard, he stopped selling. Yeah. And got up and went after Sherry.
0: Well, wow. <laughs>
1: yeah, man, my brother had to catch him and stop. And we try to, we trying, we don't want, we laugh, we try to keep from laughing at the same time. Yeah. Oh my god, Lee. And then he had, we're like, man, stop sell, man, sell. He forgot. He's, oh my god, man. I don't know. Good, good thing. Well, the house show, because we all yeah. would have got fired. We all would have got fired that night. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you you just stopped selling. You know that we'd have beat you up for 30 minutes all of a sudden you jump right out the ring and go up Sherry Sherry hauling ass up. She hauled that back toward the dressing room, man. It
2: was
1: so funny, man. But that's what she would do. She did it on purpose. She just oh, wanted yeah. to see it. She just wanted to see what. And I'm talking about she slapped him like a a wife slapping a husband after she'd have found out he. I'm talking about. You can hear it all over the building, Pow! Yeah. <laughs> but man, that was Sherry, brother. She that right? was just some of the things. Some of the things we. Oh God, man, this is bringing back memories. Some of the things that we did on the road, man, just to keep the the monotony and things like that from setting in, bro. God, it was something to talk about, man. We we went to the next hour. We laughed. We laughed the whole night. And we don't even know why to this day. I still don't know why she did it just for kicks. Yeah, just for kicks, man.
0: Oh, she was great. I uh spoke to, I don't know if you remember him, the WWE interviewer Sean Mooney and he did a lot of stuff with Sherry. And same thing, he had so many stories to share about her and such good times. And uh, greatly missed. Uh, Such a shame the way it ended for her, but uh, yeah, definitely one of the all time legends. And she was tough as nails, she was tougher than a lot of the boys.
1: Oh man, that's what we had. That's why we had so much fun. Yeah. That's why we had so much fun because uh, it was all of us against the it was all of us against tag teams. So yeah. you know, we always had advantage.
2: Yeah.
1: It was three against two every night.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was three against two every night, you know. Oh my yeah. god. That's why we had so much fun. We never, we know, I think. Sherry was probably involved in near every time we got a title. She probably was the reason we won the title, you know, by oh, yeah. picking up a chair, doing something, you know what I'm saying, and hitting the guy. I mean, all kind of stuff that we did that she would do, man. Oh, it was great, man. Great times. <laughs> great
0: times. And uh, well, one of the greatest times, it's uh, probably the biggest moment in WCW, uh, obviously, Bash at the Beach, uh, 96, when Hogan turned heel, uh, you were in the arena that night, wasn't you, when the NWO was filmed?
1: Yeah, I was I was there. That was the shittiest fucking one of the shittiest nights of my life, man.
2: Yeah. It was just
1: garbage, man. they didn't want nobody to leave. They were trying to be all secretive and stuff like that. I'm I'm like, okay, I'm 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 not on the show tonight. Or did I work early or something like that? And I'm I'm ready to go. Cause the hotel was right across the street from what we was doing the,
2: right. doing the
1: show at. I mean, walking. I could walk to my room, yeah. But I got to stay here all night and wait for these suckers to do all the stuff that they doing. Man, I'm like, whatever the, whatever the hell. But yeah, is the beach. That's a yeah. night I could. That's a night I can
0: forget. Mm. Yeah, it's a um, big moment, and obviously, it kind of changed the WCW the after that. Obviously, more focus on the NWO, and uh, yeah, definitely interesting and. It was uh, not long after this fight, you started uh, doing some matches with Hall and Nash and, uh, like, swapping the belts, basically. What was Hall and Nash like? Because uh, Nash, they've always said he seems to be a good guy. Scott Hall's a good guy when he's on the good side, when he's not drinking, I suppose they say. But how was your experience with Hall and Nash? Oh,
1: we had a lot of fun working with those guys, man. Those guys are mm. two, two of my best friends in the business, man. So we always had a good time working with them. Very easy to work. I mean, we had a good time working with everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We made it a point to have a good time working with everybody. The only people that we never had good chemistry with was uh, Johnny Grunge and Rock or Rock.
0: Oh, public enemy. You know what
1: I'm saying? Right. We never had good chemistry with those guys because those guys were too little for one thing. And yeah. they just not super athletic guys. So no. we used to working with super athletic guys. We just never could get a chemistry with them. Nothing against them because I love them to death. You know, mm. God bless, God bless both of them. So, matter of fact, me and, me and Rocco, we used to hang out. We went out together a lot. You know what I'm saying? We were very good friends. But no chemistry now. That's about the only tag team I can think of that we didn't have good chemistry with. And yeah. my breath prided ourselves on being able to work with anybody. We prided ourselves on that. But we just never could get them chemistry because they came from the ECW style. And we would really, we would really kind of... Upset that WCW would, I mean, would bring these guys in and want them to work with us and want us to do that kind of bullshit, and we were adamant about that ain't how we fucking make money. That ain't how the Harlem Heat make money.
2: Mm.
1: Harlem Heat make money in the ring with top people. Yeah. So in essence, you're putting, in essence, you pushing ECW right now. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, why why don't not- you go? Why don't you know you don't turn w c w into e c w that's that's the kind of stupidity that, as far as I'm concerned, that ran in the ranks of the people that was running shit and w c w we're Hall of meat, brother we world class fucking athletes, yeah, we don't do this chicken shit, breaking tables and all this kind of fucking bullshit. I never wanted to do that. That' ain't what I got into fucking pro wrestling for. i can go to e c w no. and do that shit, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I go to easy. So by us putting us in that kind of stuff, you are bringing us down to their level. See, in essence, you bringing WCW down to another wrestling organization level. And I know they don't see it like that, but when you know, potentially, when you put all that stuff together, that is how you look at it. You would never see Vince McMahon doing some shit like that.
2: Oh
0: Have you no! Notice that. Yeah. You Speaking never see that- doing something like that. Speaking of that, like during his time there, obviously, but way before WCW ended, so I'm talking like mid mid '90s and such. Did you ever got any? Uh, did you ever get in contact with WWE, or did they ever try to get in contact with you about possibly joining them? Actually, once actually once we won the belt a few times, yeah, and a lot of people
1: don't know this. Me and my brother were going to go to WWE. Oh wow! Well, when, when was and that? we were, we, were, we were actually talking to them through a liaison. Right. And this was like 96, 97, right in there, 96, I think. Right. And, uh, we were actually talking with them through a, well, yeah, this is about then 95, 96, I think. And we were going to, we were talking to him through a liaison because we couldn't talk to him legally because we were still on the contract. Hmm. And I think, uh, wcw got light of it and they our contracts had one more year a little bit less than a year on it i think our contracts had a little less than a year on it and you know we 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 didn't hold any ill will or nothing like that we were just trying to test ourselves as yeah. professional professional athletes so yeah i think the company got light of it And our contract still had, like I said, close to a year on them. And they pulled us in the office and tore our contracts up. We didn't even ask them. We just come, they just called us in the office one day and said, Hey, we're going to give you guys new contracts. Oh, wow. We didn't, we didn't ask them. We was like, what is coming from? You know, and then next thing you know, they've given us three times the money that we were making with, you know, a lot of other different amenities and stuff like that, and we couldn't turn it down.
2: No. <laughs> Pretty sweet.
1: Right. So, that's what happened. That's why we never went to WWE.
0: Right. Speaking of contracts, obviously, uh, Bret Hart had troubles with WWE and obviously, Montreal Screwjob happened, uh, which I was imagining uh, a bit of a shock when that happened, but uh, I've always heard that you got along with Brett. Yeah, me and Bret was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was cool with anybody.
2: Mm.
1: I was cool with it. I, I kind of I kind of think I was cool with most people. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I never really got into those real scrapes with anybody. Not from a wrestling point of view. It's a couple of people I didn't like because I just didn't like them. They probably didn't like me either. But as far <laughs> as uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I i wrestling was just a job to me. Yeah. You know, it was just a job to me. It was never something glorious. Like a lot of people think it is, I'd like to go wrestle and then I'm ready to go home, just like any other job.
0: Yeah. You's, um, I mean, we'll speak about your Hall of Fame induction later, but you got inducted the same night uh, Heart Foundation got inducted. And obviously, the crazy, can't call him a fan, he was just an idiot. But the idiot came out and tried to attack Brett. Uh, did you see that as it was happening? What did you see? I actually,
1: actually, I didn't see it because we were getting ready to go out after right. that. So I wasn't watching the monitors. I was kind of like preparing for our interest and everything. And then I seen, we wouldn't like in the gorilla. I Mm. seen everybody react to, you know, the monitors and stuff. And i was like, what happened? And then I heard somebody saying, Hey, somebody just ran in the ring on, on Brett, you know? Mm. And and I was like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Then uh, I think somebody, I don't, I, I think, uh, everything was down for a second and I seen them getting the guy and taking him out, but I didn't see the initial thing. I didn't see that until when I got back to the hotel and I looked it up on you. Somebody had posted on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it that when it actually went down though. I was like, this is crazy. And then all my, all my buddies and stuff that, that were there to see, you know, they came up to watch. They were in the audience, and they was telling me, you know, everything that went down. It was crazy, man. I, it was crazy.
0: Yeah, uh, Ronda Rousey's husband, Shane McMahon. The day he was the first year on the scene, and so many people give that guy. Yeah, in. he
1: he he was actually telling me about it the next morning. I seen him. I was getting breakfast. Yeah. And I seen uh, what is his name? Uh, Travis Brown, is it? Yeah, Travis Brown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I seen him, and he was. He was like, uh, hey, Steven, I'm a big fan for years and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, I, t- I heard you had something to do with that thing last night. And then he started giving me the real 411 on everything, right? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs>
2: He's no, I said,
1: I, like, I don't think they're going to see you around here no more. you be a lawsuit, man.
2: <laughs> that, dude, that,
1: that dude probably going to sue the company and you're going to be in it, bro. But I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened with that. But uh, he was a real cool dude, though, man. Real cool guy.
0: Yeah. It was crazy, because I remember watching it, and obviously didn't show you that on the network, and I'm watching uh, Brett and uh, Natalia do the speech, and Brett's got his hair tied back, then all of a sudden, goes to the next clip, and his hair's like all over the shop, I thought, is it windy in there or something, what's happened? And then I started seeing it online, I'm like, shit. (laughs)
1: That's crazy, man, yeah, I was, oh man, oh man, that was a talk of the deal, brother, but, ah. It happens, I guess. I'm glad he didn't I'm glad he didn't jump in the ring while we was in there. Oh
2: yeah.
1: No, I'm yeah. serious. I'm like, look, bro, I ain't, I don't yeah. feel like fight, I don't feel like fighting tonight, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if somebody come running in the ring. I'm probably thinking this a gimmick, you know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah. yeah
1: but uh I probably think Vishnum set it up, you know. Golly. <laughs>
0: yeah. And uh going back to wcw and uh, speaking of uh, things that wasn't meant to go to plan uh regal and goldberg uh regal pretty much embarrassed goldberg that night
1: oh that was crazy that was crazy man i mean brother we could talk about these kind of things forever more man so and, uh, many different th- things to talk about in wcw man you could talk about them forever more and i you know really and truly i just don't have time to chronicle mm-hmm. all of them brother because we'd be talking about them for the rest of You know, like I said, for two, three hours, man. And I wish I had time to do that, but I just don't, man. Because there's a zillion. I don't think about them until people bring them up to me. And like I say, sometimes people, I mean, I get comments every night by people asking me about different things. And I'd be like, wow, I forgot all about that, you know? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It didn't bring back memories, man. I was like, wow. I guess I would shut a lot of stuff out of my mind. And when people yeah. bring them up, man, I'm like, wow, yeah, that happened, man. You know, it's crazy, <laughs> but it's what it is, man. Well,
0: and what we'll do, happen. we'll stick, we'll stick a pin on your career for the time being, and we'll do a part two. But you're okay to answer a few uh, fan questions because we've got quite a few. <laughs> okay, yeah, Cool. So first one from UTT Rob: Any uh, midnight stories?
1: No, not really, man. Midnight was cool to work with, man. She just got into a situation with the office about a right. contract, about a contract, man. And that was unfortunate, but you know, and that really had nothing to do with us, you know.
2: Yeah, but it, she got know, it, she
1: she was a she was a part of our the angle that we was doing that it kind of put a damper on that. But what can you do, man?
0: Cool. And uh, guy got a long name here. Uh, the simple gent. Uh, so during the Attitude Era, uh, WWE had leaders such as Take uh, with the APA and Bob Holly backing them. Was there any WCW locker room leaders, or was there just way too many egos for that to happen?
1: I would like to look at myself as one. Yeah. But the thing the thing was, it wasn't that kind of atmosphere in WCW like it was in, with Vince now. Two totally different kind of dressing rooms. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Right.
0: And uh, next question, it's from, uh, where is it from? Yeah, Duffy. Uh, he asks, uh, yeah, <laughs> Regal again. Uh, he wants to talk about Rego, uh, Regal, and he asked if you could defeat him in um, uh, one-on-one combat.
1: Man, I knocked Regal out in two in under, under three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Under three rest, riga be cold. He'd be like Frank, he'd be like Frank Bruno. <laughs> That's riga a cool back. He'd be, like, he be like Frank Bruno against Mike Tyson.
0: Yeah. Or well, Tyson during yeah. something wilder.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, question from friends of the show, Joe Fernaring. Uh, what was your relationship like with uh, PCO back in the day? With who? Uh, PCO, uh, Carl Roulette, Carl, me and Carl were cool. Yeah, me and Carl
1: was cool. Oh, yeah, we talk all the time, man. Yeah, we talk cool. all the time.
0: And uh, from Demo God, uh, any legendary stories of Haku Meng?
1: Oh, man, got so many. I can't even, <laughs> like I said, i would be talking about them all night. Yeah, <laughs> got too many of them. <laughs> <Too> many. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: uh love a question from him. Uh, did you ever party with uh, Flair or the Horseman? Fuck no. No?
1: No, hell no, bro. I really didn't party with any of the guys, man. No? No. mm No, man. Them guys are into a lot of shit that I'm not into, brother. I've never been a drinker, never been a smoker, never been a drug guy. I'm high on life. Yeah. You did. I'm high on life. I do not those guys do their thing i do my thing and i ain't finna get caught up with them guys doing their thing and they mess my thing up yeah whenever the boys yeah. will come around unless we at the hotel bar or something like that i don't go to the clubs with them i don't do nothing with them i go my own yeah. way
0: and uh final question from myself I suppose so obviously you know in my opinion these are the greatest tag team in wcw history uh simple as that steiner brothers just behind you. Um big fan of Steiner Brewers. And obviously great success. But how proud of you was of your, of Booker when he became the world champion?
1: Very proud. Very mm. proud. As a matter of fact, uh I kind of initiated it. Yeah. Yeah. With Vince Russo. Mm. And uh, that's why I started doing the other stuff and putting him in a solo in a solo act to try to get a push that way.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you could say you're surprised, because I, I, obviously uh, he's a brothers, but I suppose because he was a WCW guy, are you surprised that like out of all the WCW guys, he's the one who became the biggest success in WWE, coming from WCW, because multiple-time world champion, tag team champion, IC champ, and... He's the one WCW guy, maybe Rey Mysterio also, but like, especially coming over in the the invasion, like he seems to succeed so well. Well, he
1: succeeded, but he had to go through a lot of stuff. Yeah, so it didn't surprise me, but WWE got to put their own spin on everything. Yeah. You know? You got to put their own spin on everything, and I people always ask me why don't you go to, and I was like, because I know how they are, mm. and I don't want to be a part of that. Now, so you know, you would never find me. You know, you go, you come in as the world's champion, the WCW world's champion, and then they start making a mockery of your name, right? Okay, um, uh, in essence, that's what I was just talking about a few minutes. Uh, uh, when I was talking about uh, public enemy. Mm-hmm. this is what I'm talking about. You don't bring somebody into your con- company and put them at the same level as the people you got stuff invested in. You don't do that. No. Because you got money invested in these guys. You got to realize there ain't no money invested in the WWCW guys. Hell, we was doing good before them. We'll be doing good without them. Mm. But what we will do is use them yep. to push my product and my guys. That's just business. It ain't personal. No. That's what people don't understand about this rational business. They think everything is all hunger. They don't realize people that's in any kind of business, and they run a running business, a successful business trying to make it grow. They're in business to make money. Yeah. Not to be your friend, not to be your combadre, not you know, to have empathetic you know, grandeur toward you and all these other things. That's what people don't get as fans. Mm-hmm. It ain't the it ain't the Justice League of America. No. I just tell it like it is. That's why that yeah. sign back, that's why that sign behind me says straight shooting with Steve Ray. I wouldn't give it myself, I was given that name from the boys.
2: Yeah.
1: Because I tell I see things to what for what they are and try to terp, interpret them as I see them. Mm. So, that is why you saw, I told people what was going to happen to the WCW guys when they went there. Nobody believed me. No. Nobody believed me. And I say the guys that did good there, they went there before the company closed.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the radicals and such, yeah.
1: Nobody believed me. Mm. I said you guys watch wrestling. I study wrestling. You yep. guys watch television. I study television. You guys watch politics. I study politics. You guys watch this. I study it. It is everything. You just got to figure it out. Something's telling a story. You just got to figure it out. Just keep watching to figure it out. Try to see where it's going. It's just like on a movie or a book that you're reading. It's giving you little tidbits as to where this thing is going. It's up to you to pick them up. Because you just watch. You never got none of it. Yeah. That's the entertainment world. That's the entertainment world. So mm-hmm. why would I, as a businessman, take these guys and make them big stars? And I already got big stars. Yeah. Right. From a family perspective, they think that's cool. But from a business perspective, no. I'm not going to give you cretins. Okay, let's go back to my brother. You come in, you know, I can't remember who they jumped on. Stone Cold Steve Austin jumps on him, you know. Oh, that's Booker T. That's Booker T. It's Steve Austin? It Steve Austin, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and drop him and boom, 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 this, that, and the other. With the belt, you know, the WCW belt, and everybody thought, Oh, this is this is uh great. This is how it's gonna be. Mm. No, brother, they setting you up, they setting getting him ready. For, like a I don't y'all y'all don't celebrate Thanksgiving over there, but over here we celebrate Thanksgiving, where the Indians and the pilgrims yes, you know, you, you heard you ever heard of that? You heard of that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, well, you know the real. You know, so it's a it's a version that they tell you is
0: the real version. Oh yeah, Pocahontas wasn't that sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, betrayed the people. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna put it. You know, it is what it is. But what I'm saying is, they know, they just getting him ready for the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Then see, the Thanksgiving dinner, the, the, he he don't know. You're the one that's going to get cooked. Yeah. That's how Vince didn't work, bro. You come in as the champion, everybody thinks big, bad, Booker T, this, that, and the other one. Well, his whole career, he's been a big, bad guy. Now, all of a sudden, you're in a grocery store running from Steve Austin. Yeah. Ain't nobody in my family ever ran from a man in his life. It ain't, I'm going to tell you something, man. Ain't no punk in me. Ain't no bitch in me. Ain't no bitch in none of my, my brothers or my uncles or nobody. I ain't never ran from a one man in my life and never will. Uh-huh. Especially some Daisy Duke wearing bald head, bad knee, uh, guy that beats up women. You kidding me? You kidding me? Uh-huh. I slapped Steve Austin teeth out of his mouth. Ain't no punk like that don't ever fight a man. And now on TV, I got to run from him. I'm scared of him. Man, miss me with that. But that's the way they work. And this is what I told everybody that was going to happen. Nobody believed me. So look at what, that's why I said the stuff he had to endure before when you say he became a, a big name. Yeah. But look at the stuff you have to go through to become the big name. Then oh, you got to go through. Then you got to go through the racial epithet stuff with Triple H.
2: Yeah, that was bad.
1: How many people wouldn't do that? You can only do that to a person that is a minority. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? You can only do it with a person that's a minority. It don't work with a Mexican man. It don't work with an asian man you see what i'm saying it don't work with an irish man don't work with a jewish man
2: it only works with an african-american now you don't think they know if i
1: know it they know it
2: yeah right yeah okay
1: then so that's all i'm gonna say on that bro well
0: stevie it's my absolute pleasure this is a very different I don't call them interviews. I call them conversations, and I really enjoyed this—not just talk about wrestling, just everything, just life, just everything normal. But hopefully, we could do a part two one day. But before we do go, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and tell everyone about your show.
1: Hey, man, they can follow me on uh, Twitter at the Real Stevie Ray, and uh, and Instagram and Facebook Stevie Ray Out Um, my podcasts. That you see behind me is straight shooting with Stevie Ray. I taped that on StreamYards. Uh Monday, Tuesday, and sometimes Wednesdays. Uh been off for a week because I had a few other things to deal with. Um I started a new podcast called the Stevie Ray Experience that I work hmm. with a a, a a podcast network here in Houston called Boss Up Houston Network. And I, I work with them also, so I'm doing some stuff with them and I'm helping them develop content. And that's what I've been busy doing a lot of that right now. And uh, hey man, that's what uh that's what I'm out there doing, man. That's what I'm out there doing, man, trying to make everything grow. Uh, and they also can go to my uh Patreon. And uh they also can go to my YouTube station, Stevie Ray TV, Stevie Ray TV for all of them, Stevie Ray TV on Twitch, Stevie Ray TV on YouTube, my Patreon, all of that stuff. And uh holler at your boy, man. That's what awesome. I'm doing.
0: Awesome. Well, Stevie, like I said, thanks again, and yeah, hopefully we'll do this again one day. Most definitely, bro. We'll do that.